everything deserves to be treated well all the people around us all animals all ecosystems all environmental uh, you know elements need to be treated well and so does our garbage hello hello welcome to the good garbage podcast my name is veet krishna my primary reason for existence has been to find ways to leave our wonderful planet cleaner we will be speaking with material innovators creators and propagators to learn from them how we can build for scale and towards a regenerative future their stories will help us answer the big question what is good garbage hello hello it is such a joy for me to watch youngsters be driven by passion and make an impact through their various efforts uh, today we get to speak with shukh mehta and akshat shah the founders of change is us a ngo that has been organizing beach cleanups in mumbai india they have managed to assemble over 25000 volunteers and cleared over 450 tons of waste we get to be inspired by their story and efforts and learn more about their impacts on the trash we generate it is heartwarming to hear about their efforts beyond cleanups the greatest thing about these two is that they are only starting and the world is going to witness so much positive change through their efforts in time to come enjoy the conversation hello hello i'm so happy today to have shubh mehta and akshat shah the co-founders of changes us so i'm really excited guys to talk to you because you are a bunch of really driven youngsters and it always excites us when we see people do things from a place of passion and uh, and and wanting to really bring change and i guess the name shows that so thank you so much uh, joining me uh, today and and agreeing to be on the show thank you thank you so much thanks wait thanks for inviting us i know that you guys are still kind of pursuing education and uh, and learning and of course uh, but along with that you're doing so much contribution through your cleanup drives and uh, all the things that we are going to dive into as we speak but where i want to start is your individual personal journeys and in particular tell me things that influenced you as you were growing up that led you to this place where you really wanted to make a difference so whoever wants to start uh, maybe we start with akshat you've been quieter before the call so, yeah, <laughs> so start yeah. with you uh, we'll start with you and move to shubh go ahead okay uh, so hello everyone my name is akshat shah and i'm the co-founder of changes us so for me it the journey started way back in like 2018 november that was the first time when i came across climate change as a whole so it it started with like coming across a instagram post the normal post which everyone see like a polar bear standing on a polar standing on a ice what is iceberg with water surrounded on all sides so that was the first post that i saw and, and it intrigued me when that what exactly is happening to the planet so i started digging deep like i started researching myself i started following more pages that would uh, that would give me this kind of information i saw so i saw stories on stories and posts on instagram where where kids younger than me and my age basically they were off school they bunked school and they are joined this huge climate strike all across the world they were just asking governments to take action asking people to like uh, become more aware of the situation become uh, bring those small small changes into their lifestyle because they got to know that the that the world as a whole didn't have a lot of time 
and climate change was actually uh, uh, like impacting people all across the world and it was becoming worse day by day. I got this thing that I need to make those uh, small um, lifestyle changes into my life. Uh, so I started doing that. But while I was doing that in February of 2019 was the time when I came across uh, the first time when I came across an Instagram page, which is a cleanup page, cleanup handle of my beach cleanup. Okay. And before that, I had heard Afrosha's name, but I never knew that he was cleaning the Warsaw beach. So February 18 was the 19 was the time when I came across the concept of beach cleanup as a whole through my beach cleanups page. And then I came across more pages like Afrosha's page and uh, Manarak Kalambe's page, which is Beach Please India, like his initiative. So then I thought that this is a good, very good way of motivate of like uh, bringing people to the to the movement, making them aware of the situation, and at the same time making my contribution to the entire movement. So, uh, would love to hear your story, and if you want to go a little bit further back, you know, maybe your childhood influences that that guided you uh, towards doing what you guys are doing now. And uh, that'll be great to hear. Go ahead, Shub. Yes, thank you, Ved. So, yeah, again, as you mentioned, I really go back uh, in my childhood uh, to, you know, actually dig out a story from there. So maybe I was around four or five uh, when my grandmother used to take me to the beach. And the beach is like, to like five minutes walking from my place so you used to go walking with her and uh, we used to make sand castles and we weren't allowed to go inside the water because of course it's not very safe but at that time we didn't really realize how dirty the beach was and uh, according to some statistic i think uh Kirgao chapati beach was one of the dirtiest beaches at one point in time in the early 2000s so again so that was something that we didn't realize back then Maybe, uh, of course, we didn't add to the waste there, but we, we just ignored it of sorts. And then uh, over time, again, as we grew up, I used to go there, you know, we used to play at the beach. Uh, we used to play football, soccer, we used to play cricket and all the other times of different sports with school friends, etc. And at, even even then, we didn't really notice uh, the, you know, the dirt or the waste or the pollution that was there because, again, all of it was on the lower end of the beach, not at the front end where we usually play so we, we didn't pay a lot of heat to it but again as uh, coming back to Akshat's story of uh, you know November 2018 we were pretty close back then and you know like of course we are today as well uh, we had a lot of conversation right and uh, all this while we were studying for our 12th grade and again if people like your listeners were listening they might know in India if you're in the 12th grade and if you're doing PCM uh, you have a lot of Stress because you have a lot of things to study. We both are preparing for our Sorry, IIT. PCM is physics, chemistry, math. Chemistry, Go math. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, we both were preparing for preparing for our IIT JEE, which was again a, one of the toughest exams in the world. So we didn't have a lot of time, but whatever time we did get, we used to discuss about things, how we could do things better. And of course, as Akshat mentioned, he had uh, you know a bunch of uh, pangs of anxiety in the middle, in which you know we used to sit down together, talk about how we can get, you know, mitigate something like this. And, you know, of course, he, he needed a year back then. And we all were there, as he mentioned, a bunch of his school friends as well. So we, we were listening and we heard uh, what was actually happening. And for me personally, I was the type of a person uh, as, a, as a child who was very outgoing, like, ex, you know, very extra, extroverted. And I really like, uh, you know, 
going out there presenting on stage talking in front of large crowds debating quizzing uh so i i liked all of those things and i i loved managing people i liked uh, you know having positions of responsibility in school as well so i think that was one of the major influences for me personally to take up something like this because i was really good with people and uh, simultaneously uh i was also very inclined towards the environment because uh, that's what we've been taught as uh, you know citizens of mumbai india and of course a uh, family having roots in uh, gujarat uh, we've been taught and trained to you know care for the environment care for the people around us be more empathetic towards individuals uh, you know again donation drives is one thing that we kept doing with changes as we keep doing that that is also something that has been ingrained within both of us since our childhood so i think that is something that we continued as a legacy and something for the environment uh, something more active something more youth oriented is what we brought up you know with our own initiative and our ideas so yeah those were the influences on me personally yeah no that's wonderful uh, i really want to talk a little more about this age you know because 18 19 the priorities can be very different and uh, um, there are few people of course who are very charged and like you guys are clearly very uh, clear on what you want to do or contributions that you want to make but when i look at Uh, life in general 18 19 like you both mentioned there is pressure of career studies uh there are friends there is uh, things like going out you know but what makes you both sort of have different priorities you know how what 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 is it in you there has to be some burning desire because you are of course any time you spend cleaning up you're taking it away from other things whether it's studies or friends or whatever else you know you could be somewhere else so so if you dig a little bit deeper within you and again i'll start with you akshat uh what is it within you that at this well now you're a little older but not that much older but you know what is it that within you that inspires you from within that i want to do something more quote unquote meaningful so for me the main thing was see we have this only planet okay where 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 we all can live and we all can uh, like experience life for me the my my biggest thing was that we need to protect what we have okay like like today like today nasa jeep nasa jpl isro uh jaxa all these companies they are all these space companies they are trying to find homes at other planets like moon and mars but what i feel is that not a lot of uh, money is is getting invested to find new ways of making earth a better place okay is what i feel yeah and and is and is what i personally believe like today 95% of the oceans isn't explored only 5% of the oceans is explored i mean there is so much on earth that we can explore and i know that like 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 my contribution when it comes to the entire planet is not a lot okay but at least at least i as an individual i'm doing something okay and i'm motivating others to do the same thing like it's like it's a chain reaction you start something looking at you and other people will start and looking at those ten other people many more will start that is that is how great movements are created okay great like it's one person taking that initiative getting out of his comfort zone and starting something and because of that 
many more people join that movement they they become aware they 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 raise that awareness many more people join in many more people start taking initiatives okay so this is what it is like like greta thunberg uh, mahatma gandhi all these people they started great movements and and if they and if they're not if they thought like this that okay i don't okay i don't want to do it someone else will start or someone else will do it that i don't think so that india would have got independent as of now like all like just like just think about it all the why do all, all the all the freedom fighters who are there like who are who are fight who fought for our independence if they thought that it's not it's not my responsibility to do it or or i don't or like i don't care okay that india wouldn't have got independent it's because they they they, they cared for indians and they cared for the country and they took that initiative is why india is independent today so when i was doing the cleanups i just felt that i'm doing my duty and responsibility towards keeping my environment and towards keeping my surroundings clean and this is what motive this is what keeps me going like making more uh, like making sure that each and every day when i make uh, when i'm going to sleep i'm saying to myself that yes i've contributed towards making earth better now that's beautifully put akshat and uh... I remember uh, reading Stephen Covey uh, at one point, and while you were speaking, I clearly got reminded of that. He he says, you know, you live in two circles. The bigger circle, like you mentioned, is the circle of concern. You know, we can be concerned about pollution or poverty or education or corruption or you know, violence or what have you. Um, and we can keep brewing in that, and we can keep blaming everybody. else you know the governments are not doing the job the earlier generation didn't do it the uh, management is not right or whatever you know the administration is corrupt or the police is like this but within that circle of concern is also a circle of influence and that's actually what you talked about you know the question is if i'm concerned about something what can i do about it and i could maybe i'm concerned about education but can i teach one kid two kids uh maybe i'm concerned about you know unemployment but can i find ways to skill people to find employment or something like that and like you guys have done you know i may be very concerned about the 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 situation of filth around me but what can i do about it and they say i don't know what your experience is and maybe you can address it later is that uh, they say when you start working on your circle of influence then your circle of concern doesn't have the kind of energy it has otherwise on you you know you're kind of being brought down but when you are actually starting to work on it it kind of circle of influences becomes bigger not that your circle of concern shrinks but your circle of influence and you said that it's a ripple effect you know there's a there's a chain effect that happens others start joining etc but yeah love to hear from you shob you know at this age you know akshat obviously has spoken way beyond you know what i think uh, you guys in terms of the number of years you guys have spent on this earth in this lifetime but uh, but should from your perspective why is this a priority how did it become a priority at this age yes so uh, again i look at it from again two two lenses right i have one lens which is very the darker side maybe the, the existential one right where where uh, you know are we a, you know like a multi planetary species or are we a single planetary species and if we are living here why aren't we making the best out of it? as akshat mentioned and uh, why aren't we you know taking care of the society and the planet that actually gives us so much 
and the other side uh, of it is making so everyone's you know running behind trends everyone's running behind the next cool thing right in our generation but for us making something so important cool is a priority for us right so making a clean up uh, fun and trendy for them to come in you know putting up some kind of a reel or some kind of a social media post which makes people aware in a fun way is something that is a priority to us because we understand that if we keep showing the dark side people are going to get uh, not like it much right they're going to uh, you know start shunning it after a point so to gather them into the circle of influence as you mentioned we have to give we have to give them a positive light we have to show them the fun aspect of it as well so we promote you know friend circles to come in for cleanups we promote getting uh, large groups your family members for cleanups we try and make some fun activities after cleanups like games or you know uh, having some kind of a session which encourages them to you know be more engaged in this activity as well as make it a priority for themselves and the people coming forward uh, coming to something that you mentioned the circle of concern and the circle of influence i realized that oh, as we were growing like we were doing this since four and a half years as we were growing a circle of influence was becoming bigger we were going we were growing wider but it was not going deeper so we took a moment we paused ourselves we understood you know we tried strategizing better we thought what could have what could we do better to make sure that it's being imbibed into them so then that's where the entire idea of doing webinars seminars arose we started going to schools and colleges to talk to young minds so that you know they can mold themselves early on, early on in life and actually you know uh, try and inculcate those changes at a very early age probably so that uh, moving forward they don't have problems you know adapting to situations like we do or probably like the earlier generation does right so that is where you know that's where we came from that we need to get our influence to a deeper level than just a wider level because of course we're getting numbers we're getting engagement we're getting people to you know post stories for us or you know like influencers to join us and all of that but what's happening is we're not reaching to the heart and soul of people and that's where we thought of doing something like this and coming to the social life the social angle of it why is it a priority for us there have been days where we partied till like 2 am and then showed up for a clean up at 7 am so it's not that we've uh, not had our share of social life as well but again since this is a priority it is fixed that sunday mornings are uh, you know put out for clean ups and not just for us uh, an 80 member team that does it for us on a weekly basis so i think that is something that we've created as a culture within our own uh, team and it is a part of the fabric that we're trying to encourage uh, in the society around so i think yeah that's why it is a priority no that's beautiful i didn't think of it uh, like this uh, shubh i'm glad you put this across it's a good learning in a way people who will turn up will be like minded so in a way it's a community uh, and that's interesting and you of course said that you know it's not just a clean up it's also people connecting and maybe doing activities together friends coming together so it's actually a activity where people feel maybe more bonded and i would love for you guys to address that and also just just throw light as as you guys uh, go further i presume it must be a pretty wide age group but connected with this common cause and that must be very interesting as well so i believe that uh, that cleanups whether it be us or whether it be anywhere else it 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 provides people with a very good with an option in front of them that if they that if they have to start this is the place where you can start this is the place where you can start making impact where you can start uh, taking that first step towards uh, like 
make uh, like getting that uh, small change into your lifestyle and i believe one more thing is that uh, is that see cleanups are not sustainable if you go to see because you are cleaning the beach and uh, and the very same day the high tide is going to bring back the waste and it's going to cover the entire patch of land again that you've cleaned but when you are wearing the gloves okay and when you are digging the sand removing that plastic bag or removing that uh, garbage emptying the sand from it and then pocket and then putting it in the bucket going through the entire process it makes you realize that what that what is the impact of what is the impact that you are creating on this planet just to chime in uh, i think a lot of these international curriculums or uh, you know teaching uh, indian india in india and abroad uh, have a very big uh, you know aspect of experiential learning right and there's no better experiential learning than actually coming down to a beach and doing a clean up because you're actually understanding what are the types of waste that is you know there present what are the things that you can avoid consuming to prevent some yeah. such kind of waste and what are the actions you can do to mitigate these kinds of risks you know so i think that way it's a very good perspective for young minds old minds of all age groups to come up and show up and learn right and there's no age there's no age barrier to learning like even an 85 year old man has joined us for a clean up and even a 3 year old has joined us for a clean up and that is the wide gamut of uh, you know uh, perspectives that we get at a clean up right if a uh, some uh, like a young uh, 13 12 13 year old person he's impatient and he wants to pull a certain uh, waste out an old person maybe around in the 50s or 60s like a mid age person can come in and give them the perspective that you know you'd rather dig on the sides and then pull it out that that'll be a better way to pull out the waste than to just keep uh, you putting in a knife and you know try to pull it out so again those are the perspectives that they get they make friendships we've had you know a lot of friendships uh, come out of you know being generated out of cleanups right and our community of course right now stands at a good uh, 25000 volunteers till date and that is where we've actually tried to enhance and share perspectives in different way and there are you know people who have become best friends out of cleanups they didn't know each other random strangers meeting and then being the best of friends today you know and there are people of different uh, we ourselves have found great mentors who are like mid age around 50s and 60s who guide us through this entire process because they are excellent in their own fields they have been professionals since 25 30 years in their own industries so we've found so many perspectives we've learned management lessons how to manage an 80 member team from them so again we've got a lot out of cleanups rather than just giving that you know just keeping the beach clean we've learned so much we've made so many connections the network has increased and again that's that's just a wide range of emotions i'm going through right now while talking this but again is that that's the bottom line of this that there's so much to gain out of a clean up than just a clean beach yeah and coming back to you akshat you also mentioned before and at first uh, you know like i think you may want to add something more to what you were saying but apart from that I would love to hear because you mentioned this and then you moved on and I, I it actually stuck in my mind and I'm glad I think Shubhod used to said it again you said that you made lifestyle changes even before you got into uh, cleanups when you heard of the challenges that the the planet was facing and I totally hear you when you say that uh, you know it starts with us and of course the next question is going to be about the name that you guys chose talk to me a little more and maybe this is something that everybody as an individual needs to imbibe what were those changes and how did they come about uh, you know uh, that that 
that you really felt that these are things that I need to do. Okay, so when I say changes, they don't have to be big; they can be very small at a at a personal level or a day to day level. So, uh, what I feel is from the time you wake up till the time you sleep, everything that you do is a choice, and every action that you take has some impact. Uh, on yourself on the planet and the people around you okay so uh, like you use up you uh, when you go out you you use a straw to drink something uh, like uh, now now at least now with changing times straws are getting replaced with paper straws plastic straws are getting replaced with paper straws but still it's there so next time i would like uh, i would like to like ask the viewers to like uh, uh to like think about it when you're using a straw you use it for say 10 seconds maybe but think about it a straw that you use for 10 seconds it stays on the planet for 100 years okay like it, it's there on the planet even after you die so um then a plastic bag for example polythene bag you go out for shopping you don't carry your bag or your own bag from your home and you take a bag from uh, from the vendor so that bag you can you you can reuse it but the impact that it has it stays for another like 100 years like it stays even after you die same thing is with the plastic bottle so i just researched more into it that uh, about about this entire plastic game and everything so then i realized that these that these are the things that i can actually avoid in my life yeah as akshat rightly said just to you know add here he's actually trying to influence people around him to pick that up and i for uh, as an example have taken up a majority of whatever he's just said right and it's not just me an entire team of around 60 70 odd people everyone trying to practice that on a daily basis that's the chain reaction that's the butterfly effect that's actually after that started and uh, again super, super grateful for that another thing another thing that, uh, that i would like to add so if you so if you see our indian traditions and indian culture it is very sustainable and it's very uh, good for your uh, good for your body as well right so i would just like to focus uh, on this thing like uh, not 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 many people will know about it that the indian culture is amazing like like going back to those times and bringing those uh, bringing those cultures back now at the present in the present in the present modern day it's very good for your body and it's very good for the planet as well no oh, that is that is so true and in fact akshat it's not just indian culture it's any indigenous culture so so i've been exposed lately of course you know i come from india as well and deeply rooted in that culture and i have also over time studied a lot on the uh, indigenous practices and ayurveda and you know all the things it's all about the elements um but it's very interesting that it's not indian it's it's across the world we were very connected as human beings we were extremely connected to nature's cycles so even in india you know the uh, the whole farming methodology is based on biodynamics so so the whole the traditional farming methodology is a lot of focus is on the lunar cycle um, on the planetary positions etc 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 and numerous other kind of spirits you know it's not just uh, the this the uh, the astronomy but also the spirit world that it gets focused on but uh, 
what is very interesting is that when I've moved across the world and I've had the privilege of being in numerous indigenous, uh, you're talking about the Amazon, we are doing a big project in Guatemala right now, and it's an amazing, the Mayan civilization is mind-boggling. Yeah. You know, they, and it's very similar again, the nature's medicines and the way they do it. In fact, last week or something, I had a conversation with a practitioner of the same kind of system. It's so interesting. The first thing she asked me, birth date, birth time, you know, place of birth, things we ask, you know, like to connect and to see where we come from. And, you know, there's a reality. So it's beautiful for me to see. And again, uh, my wife and I, we've spent a lot of time in the Polynesian area. So in the Maori culture and, you know, that whole uh, Aboriginal culture, Maori culture and the Polynesian culture is super rich. And it's again all about the connection with the with the planet. So it's so beautiful to see that. And it's also disheartening to see the disconnect. Right. We went we we go to healing through symptoms rather than the real healing, which is which is uh, interesting. Uh, but I want to I want to you guys mentioned some mind boggling figures, actually, as you were speaking. And you probably don't realize it because you do this every day. But for me, it was crazy because in my notes, I have 14,000 volunteers. You guys just said 25,000. Yes. Or something like that. Yes. And uh, in my notes, I have 375 tons that's a lot of material to clear even in whatever time three four years it's a each ton is a thousand kgs <laughs> so you're talking yes. about 375,000 kgs that that's gone up yeah that's probably gone up exactly and then then you mentioned like 80 team members yes. about 20 21 22 year olds you know that those are crazy figures uh you know each of you tell me a little more about this journey of uh you know, this many volunteers coming together, X amount of tons, whatever it is now, and and this team, how does this whole thing work? So tell us more intricacies on how your whole cleanup drive works, how do people come together, and then how do you manage this? How, how does this work? How, uh, you know, I'll just go over the statistics once. Uh, it has been uh, 171 weeks of active beach cleanups, and that's nearly 195 weeks of act active field work. Uh, that includes our donation drives and stuff of that sort. Then we've done around 25,000 volunteers and 450 tons of waste. To equate it in a layman in, like in a layman language, it is nearly three large blue whales uh, worth of waste that we've taken out of the beach or you know diverted it from the ocean front. And uh, coming to uh, our different activities, we've also done a bunch of food donation drives to you know uh, pick up and you know support our society around and that for that i think during the second covid wave we had done around forty thousand freshly cooked meals that were given out over 140 wow that's society. amazing Forty thousand meals that's a lot that's over 140 food drives and across mumbai so from the lower tip to say north and i think that's where we distributed around forty thousand fresh meals so that is something that we've done Again, that was during COVID. We, did, we couldn't clean beaches. So we thought we'd rather do something for the society in the middle. So yeah, that is one. Uh, coming to the organizational structure, again, we've put in a lot of thought towards this. Again, because it's not paid. None of all our volunteers are, uh, you know, doing this as a, you know, volunteer, on a voluntary basis out of their own free will and goodwill. So what we have tried to do is, again, Akshat and I have both have been part of a lot of college committees and college groups wherein there is a hierarchy, a set structure which functions well. So we tried to make an amalgamation of a corporate, like a startup and, and a college committee 
and we came up with like a blend and that's how we created this entire hierarchy so we have our co-founders then we have a president and a vice president then we have directors who are handling a bunch of oh, so one of them is handling operations one of them is handling communications one of them is handling social media and then within the the department within the under the directors we have a total of 12 departments which ranges from an hr and an admin goes to tech goes to uh, you know uh, having a, an outreach team doing a you know marketing putting it out there and then social media coming in and then we have a digital creatives team which makes our posts and all and then we have a mass media team which makes our reels and content and all of that so again it's like a mix of all the best of both worlds and we come up with a very unique structure i think which is working out really well for us as a team and uh, managing 80 people again uh, keeping a team morale high is one of the challenges which we usually face since it's uh, the, the incentives here are not uh, monetary so it becomes a challenge of sorts but again we do that by creating a family of sorts we try giving them uh, you know we try promoting you know each other for so if there is an internship opening up we help them grab an internship which they want if there is something like a course or a, you know like an online learning that they want to pursue we try and help them we probably fund it for them and uh, we try and get them together we have a bunch of these activities going on we keep our general body meetings are usually fun and play so we have football going on we book a turf we go out uh, you know partying sometimes it's all fun and games when it's not work and then when it's work all of them from an age range of say 14 to 24 uh, that's a very uh, broad range that i'm giving you uh, we have 80 members from 14 to 24 and all of them work uh, during the evening so our team is not during the day we call it the nocturnal team because we work from 7 pm to 11 pm and that's where we you know try to make the most of our time we put in our uh, you know energies we put our resources together brainstorm what we can do next and what we could do best and then that's how we run the team uh, as a very independent self uh, running and voluntary team that's what we would like to call our team amazing akshay do you want to add more yeah so i would like to add to add is that we ourselves have learned a lot from our team members it's like a journey like each and like each and every person contributes to contributes to each and every person's growth and they have contributed to our growth a lot like what we were uh before we before we started this initiative and before we started the team there has been a vast there, there has been a vast difference to what we are now like we can yeah and another thing that i would like to add is that during the covid wave when like cleanups uh, cleanups were shut that was the time when we uh the, when we came up with our first team of 13 people and uh with them uh, with them we had uh, we we did two more uh, two online events one was art for earth and one was ink for earth uh, and post that the idea of of like of like creating an entire hierarchy and an entire uh, entire white team was actually proposed by one of our team members and she was very persistent her name is manasi shah she she was very persistent that uh, that we create a proper team a proper structure she was like if you uh, if you want to take this forward you need to have a property you need to have a bigger team who's managing everything for you so kudos to her like uh, like i feel i feel creating the team and creating the structure was the best decisions of her life 
and i think that is uh, again to you know we talk about sustainability of uh, you know our actions but uh, you know sustainability of an organization which is leading to so much impact needs to be taken care of and yeah. from a small cross functional team of 13 today we stand at an uh, 80 member team all divided across verticals that adds a lot of uh, depth to the team because we have expertise and uh, in each domain and then we also get a lot of perspective from all sides and still we can scale like that's how we yeah. are thinking of it and it's becoming yeah, it's more sustainable yeah. you clearly don't talk like a bunch of 20 22 year olds no <laughs> go ahead actually another thing something. is that there are another thing is that there are a set of people assigned for a particular task and not everyone is doing the same task so uh, so the task efficiency also increases and yeah overall it's it's good for the initiative as well one of the things i have been deeply i've run businesses for more than your age so 25 years at least and uh, one of the things i'm deeply influenced is with, is is from my wife's background so i don't come from i'm a pagan i don't come from a organized religion kind of thing i'm a like you guys in some way you know i'm a tree tree hugger um, uh, you know a river worshipper uh, but uh, but my wife comes from an organized religion and it's amazing for me to see because like you guys were mentioning it's all voluntary and uh, because nobody is forcing you and they in their religion they don't even have a real hierarchy like you can you can be at x position and then next day you could be at y position which could be much smaller in terms of responsibility but it doesn't matter people do it because they are passionate about what they are doing and it's been a real exposure for me that you know how do you run an organization with the voluntary spirit even when we are running an organization if you just have command and control or you know you're doing it because you get salary at the end of the month it's not the same passion so that's what you're mentioning but one of the things from my personal perspective i would love to learn is that what if people don't deliver you know if they don't deliver you don't have any real control over that yeah and then what happens how do you does that happen number one and then if somebody is consistently not delivering of course we can all go wrong sometimes you know we have our own pressure something may come up and i'm sure that's fine but what happens if there is a responsibility that somebody is taken as a volunteer that yes i'm going to tackle this and they're consistently not delivering then how do you it's a sticky situation how do you how do you deal with that so in this the primary thing what we do see we uh, so before that we completely understand that uh, since uh, since they are like school and college going kids we completely get it like they have studies they have exams to deal with and they and apart from that they have their own personal life that they have to go through and uh, uh, so what we do is we talk to them like uh, like uh, like if they if they like on a what do you say like uh, we talk to as many people as we can getting an update on what on on the life like what is going on in the life if they are comfortable sharing with us if if they have if they have certain problems of of sorts and if we can if we if sugar i can or if sugar i or any of the team members they can they can go into and they can help sort that problem out for them like help them out with the problem is the first thing that we do another thing is that uh, the team has the team is connected so well that if suppose a task is given to x person and if the x person is not able to do it for certain reasons then y or z person will take it up 
okay like x person has to just wow put, that's amazing yeah has to has to just put it on uh, put on the group that hey i'm um, occupied with this work i won't be able to do it so it may so so someone else will, someone else will take up the work from uh, uh, like uh, voluntarily or else it will be assigned to someone else that is uh, that is why we got a you have to you have to do a management lesson session for us uh, sometime <laughs> because this is beautiful right i'll i'll tell you where where we where we derived that from uh, you know where we derived that from so like we come from play, you know we come from families that always run family businesses right so we've i'm a gujarati is a marwadi so our families are ingrained with family business and that's what that's what really happens in family businesses just, just right? to add those are business communities from india that yes, should yes. mention so usually what happens is family businesses run in a very very unique way again picking up slack for someone who's not doing the work correctly or teaching training being more empathetic understanding their problem and trying to step in and help them that's one thing the third thing that comes up uh, in these cases is although we might you know we are a family and we are very you know tied up together but again when it comes to work we are uh, like completely yeah. professional like very professional in terms of getting the work done on time because that's what keeps the organization running it's like the blood and you know that's what keeps us running and if we stop a certain you know we put a dam on a certain blood flow then your brain's not going to get the energy or your heart's not going to get the energy or you know blood so that's what that's where we come from like again professionalism and family values is what binds us together gets the work you know sustainably running and uh, we also focus a lot on <coughs> trying to build those connections early on so a lot of times you know people are continuing for a bunch of tenures and there are a lot of new people coming in you know because a tenure ends and some people have to leave they are going abroad to study or probably they are moving out for a job then a bunch of new people come in and that's where we have these sessions where they meet personally we have bonding sessions they go out they chill they have fun and that's where the real connection is built and once those are those connections are built it's very easy to get people on the same page Wow, that you've added another set of complexity, and I want to get into the real meat and potato of this conversation. We haven't even reached there yet. So, but but you're right. There's another layer of complexity that these people at this age are not coming in for long term. So they may be coming in and out, and you constantly have that churn happening. So kudos to you guys to be able to do that. Um, and and Akshat, I know that you want to come in. I'll let you come in because I want to. I want to pivot to the next section. So go ahead. Yeah. So so what? So one more thing. What we do is that we keep reviews as well. Uh, from from like uh, from time to time. So uh, where uh, where 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 each like uh, Shubhan and I and the co team we we sit together and we take we review each and every department, each and every person. Okay. and then we see that what is working what is not working what we can do to make things better and things like that and and what and what shubhan i believe is that we like uh, like being supportive being empathetic towards the team backing them is something that is really important for any for any leader like for ceo or manager or anyone like he has to back his team and this is and this is what uh, uh, this is what we Uh, yeah, so the communication, the communication that we put out is that it's not you versus me, yeah, it's you it's, and me yeah. together fighting a particular problem. It's, it's us against the problem and not the other way around. So we don't want to create problems for people. We're trying to, you know, facilitate the work that is happening. And with reviews, we allow 
you know, shuffling departments. We allow moving up and down the hierarchy. So they get to do what they want to learn. They get to do what they want to develop an expertise on. So overall, it's their growth, our growth. Superb. Like amazing that you guys have managed to put in the structure and kudos to Manasi to push you guys to do that. Do you have something to add to the conversation? Use hashtag goodgarbage to add your own insights, ideas and opinions on regenerative packaging and zero waste solutions. Now, let's get back to the conversation. Uh, but okay, let's move to the real kind of focus that I wanted to talk more and more about because you are getting so exposed to trash. So tell me, tell me uh, for both of you, uh, what is it that you find most uh, when you are digging through trash and what has shocked you that, you know, when you came into this, you didn't expect to find certain things. I'm sure certain things you knew you're going to find plastic bags, etc, etc. So what has been the most shocking for you individually and what are the things that are most commonly kind of found uh, for, yeah, I'm sure those will be more common, but. So for me, for me, the most shocking thing was uh, finding uh, uh, like a dead snake or a dead uh, tortoise or even a dog skin. So these three, these three things uh, we actually found at the beach while while doing the cleanup, and uh, like these three were the most shocking for me at least. And apart from that, another thing which is which which disheartens me a lot personally is. Uh, finding the Indian flag, the Indian tricolor. Okay, uh, then uh, uh, what is religious texts, religious uh, idols like idols, idols of uh, Ganpati Bapa or uh, or 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 Jain? Uh, what is a Jain? Jain gods and goddesses in general. So yeah. it's so it's very disheartening to find all these things at the beach. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, coming to me. Uh, so initially, I'm more of the resilient build. I don't usually get so stunned by what happens around. But uh, the first time actually around uh, 2019 is when we found, uh, you know, pants and clothes and saris and bags and all of that. And that was something which actually, you know, you know, triggered me saying that, uh, like, you know, your clothes are going down the, you know, the drains or they've been uh, put into the oceans, then something's going wrong. So yeah, that is something that actually, you know, turned me off a little bit. But I think apart from that, we found any and everything. So we found from diapers to condoms to uh, every single thing between that. You, just, you can just dream of those things and we found those things. And again, mentioned diapers, but is there more medical waste as well? Yeah, so during COVID, we found a lot of masks and a lot of gloves and a lot of syringes that were coming. And again, syringes shouldn't be put there because it's biomedical waste, but it was still coming there. And we again took our precautions to have our own sustainable masks and a bunch of other things to uh, make sure that we, we were wearing cloth masks and having our own set of reusable gloves to pick those things up and, you know, put the waste properly. And we didn't expose younger children to it. So I think... That is something that we've done very consci consciously at the beach. That if there's something that is, uh, you know, not very appealing to the eye or something of that sort, we try putting the, uh, you know, the ch younger children away so that it's easier for us to handle it as adults. On on one particular cleanup, I uh, like we had found approximately thirteen jellyfish, and out of that, twelve were dead. 
so so that was another uh, shocking shocking that, find yeah shocking thing for us are most of these like you mentioned various uh, various creatures and uh, is there a influence of the kind of waste that is there also on them or it's just by the way that there are dead animals there do you think there's a impact of the trash on them being dead it's two things one is the fisherman bycatch so the lot of fishermen you know put their uh, uh, like boats uh, on the coast right and they anchor it and whatever catch they bring some of it of course falls off or some some of it is not so economically you know helpful for them to carry across the city to sell so a lot of it is dropped there itself so that is probably the fisherman bycatch number one and the second is of course the the pollution in the water or uh, the fish the fish are actually not meant for the coast they are meant for something you know farther inside you know further inside the water but at least jellyfish etc and uh, they they keep getting pulled towards the coast and then that's where they are uh, i think that's where they end up it's also because of effects of climate change as well like the like the oceans are like the waters are becoming much warmer than what they were than what they ideally should be and uh, maybe because of that the the marine the marine diversity is being pushed towards coming towards the coasts so yeah so like clubbing all these three reasons i feel it's because of yeah it gives you a lot of uh, ideas about how we live in a way <laughs> like you you mentioned clothes and things like that get trashed and a lot of our clothes today have microfibers and Uh, and and plastic based material i think most of our clothes too so so i'm sure that is impacting the oceans as well so tell me more about where the collection goes ultimately and i know uh, akshat right in the beginning you were talking about this so so you know you are collecting and then you're taking it somewhere but of course you don't want it to go back to the ocean right so what happens to that trash and even if it ends up in the landfill or land dump that's not good either right so is there is there something that happens beyond that have you guys been able to touch that part of the cycle as well yes uh, so so currently whatever waste uh, that we are collecting is sadly going to the landfill we we like we we have tried to like contact a bunch of what is it bunch of recyclers across the city like who can who can take our waste and who can put through the entire process and recycle the waste but the problem that we found was that majority of the recyclers they are uh they are in the suburban area of the city and since we and since we are uh, in the south of the city it becomes it becomes too costly for them to like uh, to like arrange the entire transport because the because the waste that we generate may not uh, may not be economical for them uh, so 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 that is one issue that we are tackling but yeah. uh, but but we are looking like like we are looking into it Uh, of like of like ways of finding aggregators who can who can take at least the smallest amount of waste which is getting generated and another thing that we are actively working towards is uh, uh, towards is promoting uh, what is it uh, like uh, motivating and promoting the uh, promoting this segregation of waste like segregation at the source itself uh, so uh, so we've been creating content around it we been uh, giving talks in schools and uh, uh, colleges on on like on awareness of waste segregation and why is it important so that the so that the waste can get eliminated at the source itself and it it and it goes to the correct places 
there is a disparity in the MVQ and the logistical costs that the people incur. So minimal viable quantity is not equating to the logistic costs that they put in. So again, there have been a bunch of talks with, of the authorities with a bunch of other people and we are in touch with the authorities trying to ask them, are we coming with a recycler in this side of town and all of that. So we're trying to put whatever little pressure that we can put on them to you know make sure those things are happening. And apart from that, again, as Akshat rightly mentioned, our... Uh, you know, reach out, our, our outreach in terms of numbers has uh, gone up manifold when it comes to webinars and seminars because uh, we want to reach out to all possible colleges and schools in Mumbai at least because that's where we can physically show up and we're trying, so we have an entire team which is a youth advocacy team which goes out to different schools and colleges, sets up webinars and seminars for them and then presents the material to them and then that's how we're trying to put out the word you know, on a very large scale. Yeah. And also, of course, uh, in India, we have a, an informal economy of uh, rag pickers. And, you know, of course, we they end up doing a lot of the cleaning. But what I've uh, in, in numerous conversations that I've had and, of course, the exposure that I've gotten, uh, I've found that ultimately it's economic value in a product. Right. So so maybe the 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 that plastic bottle would get picked up more easily and maybe a thicker single layer kind of plastic gets picked up. Uh, more easily what is your experience uh, with with the kind of trash you get in the, when you say the majority is there is there lesser of those you know the plastic bottles and the single use which is easy to recycle and if somebody collects it they'll get some economic value is that something that you see very often that there is more you know multi-layered plastic like potato chip bags and shampoo sachets and stuff that maybe doesn't have that much economic value what, what is the trend that you guys see there so majority of the stuff that we find is multi-layered things that can't be recycled or things uh, like this selling values less but there is uh, uh, but we find a lot of milk packets as well and as you know like milk packets are like 100% recyclable. So that holds a lot of value. And apart from that, I mean, uh, plastic bottles are, are there, but they are not a lot, at least on the dry, at least on the wet part of the beach that we primarily clean. And uh, so, yeah, majority of the stuff is multi-layered, which doesn't hold a lot of value. Just to get to what Akshat is saying, uh, the plastic bottles get picked the first because they are the you know easiest to pick up, easiest to wash, clean and sell. Right? And washing cleaning becomes one of the major aspects in something like a recycling because recyclers don't want to buy dirty waste. They want to buy clean, dry plastic so it's easy for them to process and their uh, supply chain time reduces so that they can quickly get the processes done. So that is one thing that goes the most. And second, economically talking, uh, we the, the place which we clean, the, the strip which we clean usually uh, at the Chopati Beach is one which is... Uh, of soft sand so it's wet sand it's not dry sand and when the high tide comes in it covers that part and when the low tide you know comes in uh, the dry, the land which is left behind that's where we usually clean and that's where we find the plastic and not a lot of people are putting in that effort not even the contractors not even rack pickers want to put in that effort to dig that thing out and you know primarily put it put it out and put it in the right places so i think that's where we come in that's where we pull it out and that's where we try to uh, you know, put it for the right uh, things. Yeah, that, that's what I would have imagined. So I'm glad to get more. Um, you guys are out there. So it's good to get your view uh, on it. One thing which we 
sort of alluded to in the beginning and uh, did not address so uh, and i'm going to club it with uh, with another aspect is the name changes us it's so beautiful how did you guys come about that and then you guys mentioned uh, when you were talking about the structure that it's about the future the organization must go on even if we are not there in its succession and things like that so so my question to you is of course that changes us how did that happen and the second aspect that how are you building the organization what is the future that you see whether you are there or not there how does what is your vision what what would be the what would make you really happy in 20 years later you know how do you see changes us yeah so uh, again so uh, you know uh, change is us again uh, there are a bunch of things which went on in my mind before actually naming it that first is the three word rule that's the one that hits the most and stays the most in your head so you know if you say redefine uh, refine uh, you know reenergize or whatever if you use three words it sticks in your mind the most so that's one marketing psychology thing that came into my mind when i was naming it that way but the other thing that is change is us is the fact that i want to the name has to be uh, the name is very important and it it actually shows what we are and what we want to do and we didn't limit ourselves to calling it something related to the green or something related to the environment because we knew that it's going to be a larger mass uh, level you know societal level change that we're trying to bring and that is why change was the theme that we were thinking about since the start and it has been a very consistent theme all all to, all you know all in all so i think change is us the fact that we are the change we bring the change and we have to be it we manifest it's not just manifesting it we are being it and that is why change is us so the the verb is actually plays a huge part in that and that is why the name and it's, it's a lot of thought has gone into that and of course into our logo as well if you notice our logo closely uh, we've tried to put the place where we clean the the beach which we clean as a background if you get the time to please go over it and again there's an arrow there's a u turn that we want to bring and that arrow is red in color that we need to take a u turn from all our bad habits so that is what we're trying to put out and we've put in a lot of thought in this and that's the uh, you know that's how we've done our naming and forming the logo yes and and also one more thing is that the the, the colors also have been chosen keeping into uh, keeping uh, taking into mind the elements of nature blue is for water green is for the green the trees and life on land and red is for the fire yes so the three colors have been chosen wisely that that is how we've done that and again now let's come to the vision part of it as i you rightly mentioned having a sustainable uh, outlook towards what we want to do not just in terms of awareness again awareness will be a very important vertical of what we do because moving forward we want to reduce the amount of waste that comes to the beach not increase it so awareness will become one of our major uh, plays and for that we are looking into the future so we've uh, we've developed a newsletter which we send out every month for free of course for all people who ever want to you know subscribe can go to our website and you know subscribe to our newsletter we come up with the most relevant things very gen z very uh, relevant content is being put out there that is one very important aspect the second aspect is of course going to uh, schools and colleges for webinars and seminars the third aspect would be coming up with innovative events not just cleanups but innovative events that add a lot of depth for, and a, add a lot of uh, value to young people so maybe like a conference maybe like a ma- marathon 
which actually brings a lot of people together, mobilizes people together. That is something that we are keen towards. And on a personal level, Akshat and I both are very, very inclined towards climate tech because both of us are engineers and both of us are like comp science graduates. And we've done data analytics. He's currently pursuing his master's in information systems. So that uh, allows us to you know, use data very well and use the technology very well to probably help the climate. Of course, you guys are deeply immersed, and this is my last question. So you guys are so deeply immersed in the domain of trash and trying to clean it up. I would love to hear your perspective on what, for each of you, what does good garbage mean? Good garbage uh, is, uh, for me, a very well put uh, word because uh, grammatically it is uh, an alliteration, first of all. Second of all, good garbage uh, is understanding where the garbage is coming from, what we're doing with it and where it is going to go, right? That's on the garbage front of it. Now, coming to us, what we buy, how we consume it and how we dispose it. That's a personal thing. So it is going to be a two-way process, right? Of where the garbage is coming from, what we do and where it is going to go. And good garbage as a word, what comes in my mind first is the fact that we are treating garbage well. You know, everything deserves to be treated well. All the people around us, all animals, all ecosystems, all environmental, uh, you know, elements need to be treated well. And so does our garbage. So bringing it from the right sources, utilizing your, uh, you know, utilizing the right materials, the right uh, items and uh, avoiding things that can be avoided, which are harmful for the environment. And then eventually taking that garbage, putting it to the right places, segregating it, uh, you know, doing the processes that are there to be done. And then putting it finally into the right last place where it can become a chair or a bench where people can sit in a, on a recycled chair or a recycled bench. And that's ultimately good garbage for me. Now, I know it is a little vague, a little uh, you know out of place, but again, it's like source and the end point. And if it's not linear and if it's circular, I think that's something that would work out the best for us. So, so, so when I, so when I hear the word good garbage, what comes to my mind is how, uh, how sustainable that, uh, that product is when it's, when it's in making, when it's in use and essentially after it's used, like in the, in the disposal stage, what I believe is that hundred percent sustainability is, is it cannot be achieved because everything that we've created, that, that we create and we use has certain impact on the, on the planet. Reducing as much as we can the impact of the product uh, of the of the thing is is something that we all should move towards too. And as Shubh rightly said, that circular economy is the is the way is the way forward. So so what you so what you put should enter back into the uh, should enter back into the cycle. And another thing which rings to my mind is the product being as sustainable as possible. So uh, make make like. The product being made out of say paper or say or, or recycled paper or uh, say bagasse or say molasses or say a uh, cane sugar something like that. So using so using byproducts essentially to uh, to create products, recycling them again and again so that so so that new products or similar products can be created from the from the same thing is what seems to me as good coverage. That's comprehensively put. Thank you guys so much. This has been a very hopeful conversation for me. You know, it's beautiful to see 
uh, youngsters like you being so motivated and 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 focused in many many ways not just about doing something that you're passionate about but creating an organization around it creating a movement around it not just doing that but also adding on numerous uh, aspects and really understanding what needs to be done so i'm i'm just filled with hope uh, from this conversation and it just gives me joy that you know you're thinking like that and not just thinking like you said right in the beginning acting you know that's really important and thank you for taking the time i know that i didn't even realize akshat that you were in a time zone which is really crazy you are at 4 a.m or something now uh, but uh, but thank you so much for uh, joining in thank you for the amazing work that you guys are doing i just wish more and more power for you i hope this word can spread and you can get more and more uh, people to join uh, this this whole movement and of course from my perspective create more and more change so that you don't have to do a beach clean up you know there is nothing to clean up it's all hopefully by the if not my life but end of your lives you can achieve that thank you so much for being on this show and for sparing this time thank you so much vet thank you uh, thank you so much for inviting us and letting us share our story thank you for listening to the good garbage podcast follow us on social media to never miss an episode links are in the description below i'm your host vet krishna See you next time.